This is Greg Cohan, the star of The Velocipaster, and you are listening to Without Your Head. Welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil, and I'm joined by Maja Ma. And I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Butcher that. <laughs> Majama? How, how do you say it? Majama. Just think, just Majama. think. Pajama. Oh, it's like it's Majama and pajamas. It's literally just like pajama. But just think of Matthew, Jason, Matteo, Majama. There we go. And that's the end of the interview. No, we're... we're yes. <laughs> that's the only thing interesting about these poor schmucks. Yes. <laughs> Which, uh, they also have their own names. This is uh, Matthew Ellsworth, Jason Ellsworth, and Matteo Molinari, the people who brought us bad CGI sharks. So sorry about that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Our bad. We're still apologizing. You're, you're to blame. You're to blame. And I know this will be weird considering the name for people who haven't seen the movie, but it's very odd. Indeed. <laughs> the movie in general or the fact that we actually succeeded in making a movie? Well, probably all of the above. Indeed. You're probably right. Yes. Yeah. But it is, honestly, it's very enjoyable. Not just because you guys are here, but it is, uh, it's not exactly what I expected it to be. And uh, it's a very strange, peculiar movie, but That's a lot of fun and very quotable. To do. That well, that, that intrigues me, Neil, actually. Could you go on with that statement? I'm curious as to why you felt that way. Oh, well, see, I thought bad CGI sharks, we would have sharks that were done with poorly done CGI. Yes. Which there is in that. But it's a totally, there. that's just part of the movie. Uh, the way it's, uh, the way the movie's like told, there's like a, this weird man who I believe is one of you guys. 
uh, doing like narration and he's on TV and, uh, there's just a lot going on here besides CG. And there's more than just a CG shark, CGI shark going around. There's there's many little sharks. And I don't want to give away too much of the movie, but all this together makes a very bizarre movie that, that I enjoyed quite a bit. That's Thank you. Awesome. It's very <laughs> flattering. I, yeah. I've got actually a good but One of the first people we showed it to outside of our little circle was a good buddy of mine I've known for years since the comedy days. And his first thing was uh, his first feedback was the exact same thing. He was like, you know, it's a really weird movie. And I was like, oh, my heart. Thank you for that. <laughs> right. Yeah. It would be weird if he's like, oh, this again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this old chestnut with the poorly rendered sharks. Yeah. And, and the first incarnation would have been that. No, the first version of this script was literally nothing but winking. We know we're yeah, in a movie. very much on I, the nose. I think the first version of this script was what everyone assumes it's going to be based on the name, which is just an all out shit fest for an hour and a half of just, uh huh, we know they're bad, huh, huh, we know, huh, huh, they're bad sharks. That literally was the first script. It was awful. Yeah. So when did, when did the whole idea come about to do the movie? Yeah. It's all thanks to a one-liner from Matteo that just actually became something. Matteo does these kind of jokes with every breath he takes, and one day, probably after watching the five millionth crappy sci-fi shark movie, we're like, what if we did our own? And he just simply threw out, we could call it Bad CGI Sharks. Ha ha ha. The name stuck, and we start developing an idea around there, which went through several different uh incarnations the funny thing is we were having a writing meeting previously before this and mateo asked a question about the genesis of it none of us could even remember at this point (laughs) it's all like a big friggin blur yeah but it did start with what was a punchline of a title that mutated into an actual movie yeah yeah and uh where did you guys were you guys friends before this yeah absolutely uh, me and Matthew are brothers, so you know we've had a couple years of friendship. Oh, that. that's true. That's true. Uh, and then Matteo, I've known for a solid uh, twelve years now. He was one of the very first people I came in contact with in LA through both responding through a uh, Craigslist ad for comedy writers. It was for sex, but okay, okay, we, we say it's for comedy okay, writers, yes. but it's really for rim jobs. <laughs> Which I was your previous movie. Yes. Yes. Bad CGI rim jobs. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I had the Blu-ray. It's, it's excellent. Yes. So was this the first thing you guys made together? Technically, no. But in terms of a finite finished project, yes. We've had any range from um, cartoons, skits, uh, several other scripts in the past, several things, ones that went nowhere. But this is the one that we actually finished yeah <laughs> and put out there for the world to see yeah we worked together for about 10 years but nothing clicked we were just and part of the, the genesis of this that's was kind of why we made it yeah just to finally say fuck it and uh without uh, trying to sell our scripts let's just make our own let's find a way that we can actually make our own put it out there and make a very elaborate business card um but still tell a story that resonated and was important to us you get tired of trying to get people to give a shit about your unproduced screenplay you know it's just a fucking drop of sea in the uh, drop of water in the ocean mm-hmm. yeah so uh who who cr- who creates the actual sharks do, do you uh, guys do like the effects no that's also uh, something incredibly serendipitous yes um i had two friends of mine from italy coming here for a while uh, Emilio Pozzolini and Alessandro Arcidiacono. I love it every time he says it. And uh, they, I, uh, I told them, well, you can stay at my place whatever, while you're doing all your stuff and everything. Uh, and the last day, pretty much, I asked them, so what exactly do you do in Italy now? 
Besides eating pasta. Beside that. And, and being a cliche. <laughs> and they say, well, you know, we have a small production company. We do video clips uh, with, you know, uh, cinematography, special effects and stuff like that. And everything. they say, really? And then they say the, the magical line, and we are looking for a project to do in America to showcase what we can do. At that point, I I said, well, we have an idea for a movie. Would you be interested in? They say yes. Then they told us that they got a ticket. And so we decided to write it. (laughs) Because up to that point, uh, it was just like, yeah, sure. Oh, you were serious about that? That was was pretty much the motivating factors. We had two Italian men put their own money down and fly across the country. (laughs) Oh, fuck, we should probably bother with writing a script, shouldn't we? (laughs) Yeah, and so they came, and um, Emilio is a genius in uh, sound, sound design, music. In fact, the soundtrack is his. The the sound uh, he did the the he was our boom mic and everything. Um, he's also a wonderful editor. Uh, Alessandro is a wonderful, wonderful uh, director of photography and genius of special effects, and um, so they made us look good. Pretty much, and they all of a sudden they brought up our movie that I don't say we were about to shoot it with iPhones, but close. Mateo was going to buy a thirty dollars CGI shark program. We were just going to say fuck it and make it ourselves. Yes, because of the name and how these type of movies work, I think we would have gotten the buzz off the name. But without Emmy and Ali, they might have watched the actual movie and been like, "Yeah, it's just the name." Yeah, I think Emmy and Ali are the only reason we actually have a fighting chance that people like you could be nice enough to say the movie surprised you or they enjoyed it. I think that's all what they contributed to help us elevate the uh, status of this thing. And were they were they on board right away with the idea? Yes. Funny enough, yeah. And well, that's the other thing. They got it. Like they uh-huh. shocked us because we'd be on shooting, and they'd be like, "Okay, so I noticed here on page seventeen, the second line of dialogue. You say this. We thought we could maybe shoot that this way." I'm like, "Oh my god, they know the script better than yeah. we do." Yes. Uh, they were they were on board. They had ideas. They had contributions. Uh, it it really was just. And the first script they read was a previous incarnation where it was yes. more kind of slapstick silly goofy um uh but they were on board for that and once we transitioned they were on board for that too and they, they understood the material and what we were trying to say under the guise of a shark, a shark movie almost yeah and the and the the interesting aspect uh, or or maybe not interesting but uh aside from the three of us emilia alessandro and our amazing producer sheila marie that was about it yeah most days it was just That's six the or whole five crew and sometimes Sheila Marie didn't even show up at night. Yeah. So there was five of us, yeah. which was good because we could use only one car. Or mostly just so. dudes running around Burbank, jacking them for their frigging locations, trying not to get caught. Uh, yes. When you're doing that, you're like you're you know you're being chased by the shark that's obviously not, not there. Like, do any like people walking by like ask you what's going on? You know, funnily enough, Burbank <laughs> is a very pristine, too. quiet town yes. at night, and no one really. I don't have many memories of people actually walking into our no, film. Aside scene. from the fucking beach aside scene. Aside from the beach and from one person taking out his dog when we're shooting the... Oh, with this, the oh, sewer yeah. grates. Yes, yeah. when we're shooting the, the yeah, donut bit. Yeah, but we uh, gorilla style shooting. The bird, yeah, the gorilla style stuff at night was perfect, Neil. The fucker was shooting on Laguna Beach where we paid to oh, shoot there God. but then didn't have the ability to rope it off. So all those fucking <laughs> cocksuckers just walked into our shot apathetically. <laughs> Say really what you think about it, Jason. Hey, he said I could say whatever I want. Those hunt nuggets on Laguna Beach. 
I draw the line at Nuggets. That will oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. The show. Uh, what's the fascination with the name Chumley? I think that was my brother's creation. Uh, I think it was just a stupid pun <laughs> that seemed to fit. <laughs> Don't overthink it. We're not that smart. <laughs> yes. You know what? I didn't even I didn't even put that together till you just said that right now about the yeah. about the pun. Uh, okay. I was just thinking, you know, the guy because I I've been people have actually thought I am Chumley, uh, especially when I was uh, heavier. The Pawn Stars, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, well, now I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know to realize the movie was that was so far in my head, but. So yes. it, <laughs> uh, do, do you guys have a favorite bad CGI movie besides bad CGI sharks? It's a great question. Uh, my favorite bad CGI movie has to be Shark Attack 3 Megalodon. Mm-hmm. It has a CGI. Oh, yes, the giant, uh, it's, the, it's, the horribly it's, superimposed. It, it's terrifyingly bad. And it's uh, it's a movie that contains, and I'm not saying it here, but contains the best line ever uttered by any actor who's ever graced the screen. I'm pretty sure some members of your audience, Neil, are listening right now, and they know the Shark Attack 3 line. If you don't, when you're done listening to this, just Google Shark Attack 3 best line ever, and you'll, trust me, you'll you'll enjoy yourself. But it's, it's also it's so much better watching it in the context of the movie. That's also true. it's superlative. Yes, let's give them a plug. Go watch Shark Attack 3. Yeah. That's the cream of the crop of shitty shark movies, and like Mateo says, there's a hilariously bad, obvious use of bad CGI where they just... What do they do? They put the little tiny the, boat in like a massive shark's mouth. Yeah, that's something horrible. But it's, but it's entertaining... <laughs> through and through from the beginning to the end it's an amazingly entertaining movie important distinction to make because a lot of these bad shark movies i feel like are genuinely bad and even as i want to be a fanboy of them but i tell yeah, the guy yeah. shut them off they're boring but yeah they don't pull off what they their title suggests you'll find you'll find the right one once in a while that really hammers it home and shark attack 3 is cream of the crop all right i'm gonna check this out because i've always thought that like um because i grew up in the 80s and like bad practical effects are still charming yeah, yeah, like bad yeah. CG effects are just bad. Yes. We yes. we tend to, to follow that line of thought as well. With practical effects, there's always something tactile there, no matter how bad it looks. Yes. I actually, I got yesterday the uh, new DVD of Killer Crocodile and the Killer Crocodile 2. Mm-hmm. Which has got to be a prosthetic. Which is a whole, yes, it's entirely uh, is an is a animatronic. It's, it's not an animatronic, it's a crocodile and two technicians right. trying just like to move the the jaws you put uh, your hand in the top one yes. i got the bottom and one and yet it's so much funnier than uh, a lot of the movies that we see today and it's sad because but one of the reason also why we try to make our movie i don't know if how successful we were but we were trying to give a story that people hopefully could care for mm-hmm. uh, we noticed that a lot of this um, Movies that are on the endless stream of shark movies, especially sharks, but in general monster movies. Yeah, um, the characters are not particularly interesting. You don't. You say just like I'm here to see the monster, and usually it's always disappointing. So we say, is it possible to do something that is vaguely funny or entertaining in between the monsters? Mm-hmm. And, um, and the answer was an emphatic no. Exactly. <laughs> Better luck next yes. time. But yeah, no. we'll, we'll shoot for that with the next one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And also along those lines, though, there are also a lot of movies 
that it got to like make an intentionally bad movie where everyone's in on the joke. And a lot of those also fail where yes, that's why I was yeah. actually really surprised with bad CGI exactly sharks. I thought maybe it was going to be that kind of movie, but it, it worked for me. This is a lot we, different. We, oh, thank you. We wanted so badly to not be that kind of movie. Like I am insanely, all of us are insanely grateful for any amount of attention the title has gotten us, but the only bad flip side is everyone's like, oh, you're trying to make trash, right? Like, your movie's like a piece of shit, right? That was the whole point. It's terrible. Like, it's funny because it's a piece of shit. That's what you're trying to do? Yeah. And we're like, yeah, that was... No, like, we... If it sucks, then we failed. I'll accept it. But no part of this was trying to make intentional trash. We had zero intent for that. And I will say that over and over again to the death while still gladly accepting any attention the name gets us. Yeah, even if we're... Almost talentless, so we try to do the best <laughs> we possibly could, yeah. and uh, and we put heart and souls. It's about the idealism, yes. God damn it, and tens of dollars in the budget. <laughs> yeah, along those lines, have you guys seen? Um, it's a totally different kind of movie, but the same idea about about the name is uh, the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. I've heard about it. I've not yes. seen it though. I uh, loved it. It's a beautiful movie, but I I think the name same kind of deal. It brings people in. Uh, but it's not what they expect. I think that one actually can hurt it even more than, than your your guys. I don't think your guys' title will hurt the movie, but because uh, I don't think the people who would be attracted to that name for the for the Bigfoot movie would actually like the movie, and the people that would like the movie wouldn't watch it because of the name. Really? Yes. So what? What? It's not actually about a guy killing Hitler and Bigfoot. It is, but it's it's actually like a serious movie, and it's huh. it's, it's not a silly movie. It's it's like a Frankenfish that they made a few years back. Mm. That uh, with a title like that, I would say, oh, that could be funny. And instead, this is a classic monster movie. It's done. is is not uh, horrible, but at the same time, with the it, it has a semi goofy title. So I was expecting for something, at least some jokes in here, and there are none. It's kind of yeah. interesting that there's almost a. a title movie subculture if you will where there's like a whole breed of movies like we talk about where the the title is the star and then you see how much it succeeds or fails based on that right potential of the title but uh yeah that's a that's a genre i feel like we tumbled into was there's this whole underground culture of like oh my god look at the name and almost like the movie becomes secondary yeah yeah well, yeah, yeah yesterday i interviewed todd sheets who made cloudnado oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, and that was kind of the same way. You know, you think of the name, it's going to be Tornadoes with Clowns, and it's not. It's, you know, I actually thought it was a good movie. But, uh, yeah, there's people who are attracted. Sometimes you watch a movie, and I, and I even say on the show, it should have just been a name, or it should have just been yes, a poster. Yeah. Yes, very true. <laughs> and it would have been good, but I didn't need to so see it. So we get asked a lot if this is a real movie, because right. people just think <laughs> yes, it's a, a lot of people poster or a joker. Uh, or so many people, when I'm doing my Twitter promo, oh, my God, that was so funny. Is that, like, a real movie, or what's yeah. uh, going on? <laughs> Yeah. So what has the feedback been like since the movie's been out? Incredible. Surprisingly and terrifyingly very good. We yeah, we um, cannot even begin to thank the fan base we've had grow in just a couple of months of this. I mean, you always try to have faith in yourself and think you have a good idea. And of course, Sharks carries with it kind of an instant inclusion in the subgenre. But the passion people have had after simply just watching the trailer once that I tweeted, I'm like, oh my God, is this real? Where can I buy it? I love this movie. When can I see it? I can't believe, is this real? Holy crap. Uh, it's just been really astounding and very humbling. And even people who actually saw the movie, <laughs> yes. are not. Even after night. they've seen it, they still yes. seem to like it. 
I we have no idea what we did right. I think they see that we tried to do something different, and we tried to actually tell a story that you hopefully care about and connect with throughout the entire film, mm-hmm. and look at some goofy comedy to get them through. In fact, actually, we, we did uh, a just for the heck of it. We we did the premiere in uh, North Hollywood on a Saturday morning, and uh, we put the tickets out about a month before. And uh, we got we sold out in 12 hours, but then we started saying, "My God, now they're not going to come. Nobody will show up because <laughs> it's a month away." Uh-huh. And so we were terrified about that. And then then we started some people who are returning the tickets, so the panic set in completely. Oh, the night went, before was like 15 the, the, in a row. We're like, the night before I was like was "No one's going to be there." And then we got almost a full uh, full house. So and uh, and uh, and almost nobody left. Yeah, which is which is bizarre. Yeah. We had we had restraints like you ever see Clockwork Orange. They were strapped in. Yes. Keep your uh, fucking eyes open, you assholes. We locked the theater, and actually, I swallowed the key, which I still had to pass. Oh, uh, wow. yeah. yeah, it's 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 been amazing, Neil, and even even just sitting here talking to you, the fact that people want to have us on interviews. It's just we we had zero idea what to expect. We simply just wanted to try to make a movie after years of being a fan of them and trying to do that, and. It's it's been so incredibly surprising and humbling to have people embrace the film like this. Mm-hmm. Now, did you guys go to film school or like a, what what was your film school if you didn't go to actual well, I think a <laughs> lot of movies and making this? Yeah. 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 We sat in Mateo's living room for about a decade and just tried to <laughs> shit. Yes, because I I have when I was back in Italy I had no life. Uh-huh. When here instead I still have no life. Uh-huh. So but now he's got us. But now I have the two of them uh, and uh, about uh, three thousand DVDs scattered in the house. So that's what we do. We watch movies. Uh, we eat. Uh, we go to the bathroom. Uh, rinse. Repeat. Matteo, in fairness, does have a history in Italy of working in TV. But me and Matthew, this is this is pretty much our baptism into having something yeah. actually click after desperately wanting to for it was so probably long. the best way for us to learn to just being thrown in the middle of it and just being forced to yeah learn everything as we go change things last minute and just and literally learn everything matthew was doing makeup yes yeah. <laughs> i mean i think the greatest film school ever was emilio and alessandro saying we bought the tickets and then it's like yes. fuck <laughs> it's go time and it sounds like a comedic line but honestly them buying the tickets and committing to that was the best fire under the ass we ever had and everything mm-hmm. was just kind of like you have to learn. You don't have an option. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, what kind of movies did you guys watch? Just no, I'm, gonna, you know, I'm gonna let these two take this one because <laughs> Matthew and Mateo actually inducted me into the bad movie. We, we all we all love great. We love the classics. We love the the big budget ones. We love the ones that actually work. But Matthew and Mateo actually have a, a specific interest, almost a fetish, in the <laughs> shitty ones that they pulled me into. So I'm gonna shut the fuck up. Let them talk about their. <laughs> What they enjoyed watching. Yeah, I mean, I grew up watching a few, but I think once I met Mateo, we really started to have, <laughs> I think, a buddy to watch these with. So mm-hmm. we instantly went to, you know, sci-fi, every kind of stupid shark movie, Ghost Shark, uh, Sand Shark, Avalanche Shark, Ice Sharks, uh, whatever we can find, we just started to ingest. And every time there was a new one coming out, we made sure to either buy it, uh, tape it, watch it together. And, um, don't forget about sick. And, and since uh, I'm incredibly old, I, every now and again, I sneak in uh, a classic that I know that they haven't seen. Mm-hmm. And um, and they usually are pleasantly surprised about it. <laughs> and I think once we brought Jason uh, into the kind of things we were watching and went deeper and deeper down this rabbit hole, we all got to the point where we were so fucking offended by <laughs> the things that actually existed and had a barcode and were released. We're like, okay, we can do this. 
we need to do this. This is just at least as good or bad yes. as that. Yeah. And uh, but then but then I I in general uh, I tend to watch everything. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah. from the the I have uh, the original Georges Méliès movies, silent movies uh, to Avatar. Everything in between. Um, yeah, the good thing about having Matteo on the team is that no matter what the genre, his life is cinema, the art, the execution, yeah. the fan, the passion, the love. So pretty much if it's a movie, Matteo's into it. And that's why he's such a great asset, because it's just one of those cases where someone knew what they wanted to do and their life has been nothing but that. So it uh, it's nice to always have his influence there because his brain's just going to be working in cinema no matter what. Yeah. Do you guys have a favorite of the sci Because sci-fi movies are like their own genre. Do yes. you have a favorite one of those? I I have a favorite one. Let's oh, yeah. hear it, Neil. Beyond Loch Ness is uh, right. is amazing. The Loch Ness monster, he like swims under a, a cave from Loch Ness to like like a lake in Michigan or something, and then it has babies and the babies are running around the woods like eating people. It's so ridiculous, <laughs> but it's amazing. There's also my favorite scene in it is that there's this old fisherman. And Loch Ness jumps up and bites not just one of his arms, but both his arms off. And then oh. he's just standing there with two stumps going, ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty I'm awesome. Sold. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll drop it down. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, there's something like Sharktopus, which is competently done. Yeah, and has yes. A good yeah. look to it. Corman helped bump that one up a nice amount. Yeah, and... there's... Um... Sharktopus versus Terracuda. Yeah. There's uh, Santa Jaws, which Santa was Jaws. actually... Decent, actually, kind of similar to our idea in terms of a kid drawing a comic book about a killer shark, and it um, comes to life and starts eating his family. Um, there's some that you can kind of pick and choose from, but a lot of them start to blur into one another. Yes, yeah. it's not a, it's not an official sci-fi release, but definitely fits within this genre. And we've kind of been getting uh, attention at the same time. We just saw the Velocipaster. Yes. Uh, oh, that's I, an amazing movie. Yes, I thought yeah. they did an absolutely stellar job of not being... And I talked to the director on Twitter because we're actually trying to organize a double screening if we can, which would be fucking that'd amazing. Be so yeah, that'd be sweet. I just want to see that. Tell the people you want Velocipaster and Bad CGI Sharks together. But I was talking to the uh, director briefly on Twitter, and he said that was one of their biggest goals was to not be a name movie where, ha, 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 Velocipaster, and that's about all it has going yeah. for it. And I thought they absolutely killed the self-aware comedy and actually having a... What'd you call it? A style or a perspective of humor, if you will? Yeah. But also knew how to do humor, knew how to sell yes. it on screen, and also just a great actor too. And to be yes. able to pull off that main role. It, yeah. It, out to Greg. <laughs> Everyone is yeah. exceptional in that movie. Yes. Yeah, I love so, it. I, I had the director and the Velocipaster himself on the show because I thought it was, it was amazing. And the guy sell the guy plays it so straight, which is yes, is exactly. Yes. Yeah. And it works. Is is almost like the classic Leslie Nielsen that he doesn't know that he's yeah. in a funny movie but he is by by default pretty much and it's uh, we also watched uh, uh, Snakes Out of Compton which was very yes, good yes that surprised the hell out of us that actually had again the director seemed to actually want to give some likable characters and semblance of a story so that was another thumbs up for us yes yeah, I had him on too. You're naming all the all the without your head guests. What? Yeah. Good company. We love yeah, being part good. of this world now. We're so geek. We know all these people. <laughs> yes. uh-huh. uh, yeah, I would also recommend FDR American Badass. That's a pretty amazing movie. With well, um, I, I haven't seen it yet, but very yes. possibly. Yeah. Cool. 
I I I thought Velocipastor uh, Pastor was a similar tit because they they have very similar dialogue. Okay. All right. So anyway, I would check that one out. I will. So I have to ask about Jason Mitten, the headless critic's review of the movie on Without Your Head. It's a, it's a, just like the movie. It's a very bizarre review, and he's quoting the movie, and he didn't give it like the greatest star uh, headless uh, severed head rating, but but by the write up, you think you would have loved the movie. Yes, uh, that's that's an interest. That is an interesting topic of discussion because uh, me and Matthew we can pretty much communicate only in movie quotes. And I don't even say that jokingly. I think we've developed some sort of language we've intertwined as fetus twins and brothers where we can just, our parents will be like, what the fuck is the guy saying? Because it's all just a quote. It's a quote from a movie or a TV show. So when Jason did a review that was nothing but quotes, our mind was just blown. Like, dude, this is exactly everything we would want and so flattering. But if I'm being honest, if you're going to have that much passion to memorize all that and type it down and do a review of nothing but quotes, I feel like it kind of connected with you more than a two out of five. I don't know. Maybe a three out of five. I'm not trying to push or be ungrateful here, but uh-huh. yeah, I would agree. And I like Jason. Not only does he do the reviews, I'm friends with him and we, we travel together and stuff. But uh, yeah, I thought it, I, from the review, I thought it would be a little it should have been a little higher. I also like that people are totally confused by the review who haven't seen the yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's always a positive. Yes. Yeah. No, we, we were very. It was very flattering to have a quote review. That, I mean, it's amazing. He took the time to actually do that and, and verbatim got yes. quotes. He, he even just kind of got to remember them, but wrote them as they were. He, See, he even got. Uh, a mistake. Yes, that I, that's what I was about to say. It's pretty but, much the the second line in the movie. <laughs> I screw it up, <laughs> and and he actually quoted that with a mistake, which mm-hmm. is amazing. It's yeah. The attention to detail was quite stunning. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys get like uh, when you guys are at fe- did you do did you take the movie to festivals? I know you said you had the premiere and uh... we we have entered uh, uh, a bunch of festivals. We also received a bunch of no, thank you. Don't call us again. We ever. got two laurels, though. So but we far, got, we got to, we're right. semi-finalists uh, in uh, Eurasia in Eurasia Festival, and uh, we were in a uh, Rome Independent Film Festival, but we did not uh, uh, pass the, in the second one. But oh. everything is should be coming uh, from now to the end of November. Mm-hmm. All of the, the festivals we entered, so uh, we'll find out soon. Yeah. Yeah, I was just wondering if people have, have uh, besides Jason, have given you guys like their favorite lines. Uh, the we had one, uh, the really excited guy that did the podcast singled out his two as uh, Bernardo points to Matthews. Oh, the Nord Corp- Nord Corp- oh no, not the Nerd Corpse. That that was the um, oh, the Chicano. The Nerd Corpse was the one that really liked. I want to learn, grow, and, and succeed. succeed. And then there was another guy that singled out uh, Bernardo points to Matthew's chest. Uh, you're going to need the magic that comes from in here. And then Jason says nipple magic. Uh, one of uh, one of the first people that we did an interview with and reviewed us, uh, Pat, Patrick and Ashes, they same thing as uh, Jason. They quoted the whole damn thing yes. about the interview. And that, that was like our first podcast we did. And these people are just quoting uh, lines nonstop. Throw down Thursday podcast. Shout out to them. Uh, they quoted us through the whole interview too, and we were just blown away. Yes, uh, but I hopefully as more and more people, I think just this week started receiving their Blu-rays. So if anyone's out listening there, Majama likes being quoted at. So don't be shy now. We quote ourselves a lot. If that counts. Yeah, yes. that's, that's that's true. 
Uh-huh. And so far, we have only 100 DVD Blu-rays, and uh, about 12 are in our houses. So We'll get them all soon. Uh, yeah, because the movie will come out officially on uh, January. And, uh, and so we, there are not that many people who have been unlucky to see the movie so far. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't... Instead of a favorite line, I'm just going to give you my favorite my favorite scene. And it's early on, so it's not really spoiling. And that is that we see um, we see a shark version of a famous scene of Michael Myers. <laughs> yes. We were so worried if people would have <laughs> or not. And uh, yes, but yes, there was there was a. Of course, the horror our horror fam will get that. We would hope. Yeah, yeah, and I also I also like that you could see his legs, which which added to. Damn it, Neil! No, you can't see his legs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> the amount of stressful conversations. Could you I'm see? Not... I don't think you can see the legs. No, that's not the legs. Shh, you can't see the legs. Oh, okay. All right. It might have been a shadow, a very heavy shadow. Very yeah. heavy shadow. It's like, that's exactly what that it was. It looks like a leg. Right. Kind of call back to like Universal Monsters with heavy, yes. heavy shadows in there. Exactly. Yeah, I, I see what you're going for. That's exactly what also... you You're clearly yeah. an intelligent man that gets it. Right, right. So, how does it work that you guys are in the movie and you also direct it? Is, is that difficult? Yes, we had no, we had no fucking idea. <laughs> it's easy because we had no clue, so we just kind of wing it. All right, yeah, pick this, run around, and say your line, stupid. Yeah, say it in five times. Hopefully, one is good. Uh, we have we have the advantage that Matteo, like I said, has had a background in a lot of actual TV shows. So I had the interesting experience of when we were watching it. He had a couple points where he'd be like, "Oh, I kind of wanted to frame." Jason this way and this one because of where his character was at. And I'm like, oh, well, isn't that a nifty trick? My dumb ass was just running around those short shorts trying to uh, be funny. But Unfortunately, Matteo, that is me, oftentimes forgot when he had to speak in Italian and when to speak in English <laughs> because the crew was Italian. And yes, we tried to speak in English as much as possible, but sometimes we realized that it was easier for me to communicate with Emilia and Alessandro in our native tongue. So then I would turn to Jason and Matthew and kept on talking in English, in <laughs> Italian. And these two bastards did not tell me a single time. I just kind of so, stared blankly at him, like, I'm not kidding, but maybe he's going to click in. Uh, yes, I would describe a whole scene uh, in Italian for about 15 minutes, and then they say, Yeah, say that in English. Just now? Blank faces, what? Yes. <laughs> like was, that hard, was that hard for you, Jason and Matthew, to communicate with the, with the rest of the crew? Uh, we, the good thing was we kind of willingly took the role of the kids, if you will. I think all three of the Italians kind of had a little bit of a leg up just, just because they've been in the business more, especially Matteo. So it was nice to be able to have a cohesive team to comment on stuff as directors when we wanted to or character line deliveries, whatever. But uh, to be able to trust the three of them with the technical expertise kind of because we're in pretty much damn near every scene. So it was nice to be able to focus more on getting the brothers down at times. And I knew Allie, obviously no one was going to know more about how to place the ca- uh, camera than Allie. And Emmy with the boom mic was knew he would have recorded the sound. Mateo has a little bit the more directorial instinct. So it was nice to be able to defer to them and have that trust. Uh, had we not had the... Had we not had the 10 years, uh, the trust might have not been as immaculate, but there was never a moment where I worried, like, oh, fuck, what are these idiots doing with it? Uh, so I always tell people it's shocking, but there really are no bad stories or struggles, a little bit here and there, but mostly the amount with which this ran smoothly and no one argued or bickered is... Uh, and, and Emmy and Ali just fit perfectly within the uh, group dynamics of Majemma. They just fit so perfectly, yes. understanding the type of humor 
uh, giving the same type of humor to us. Uh, it was just uh, so serendipitous how it just mashed up and, and melded. Because, yeah, there's a, they'd make a suggestion, and we were like, oh, that's actually a good idea, and you get where we're going as opposed to, dude, shut up, it's our fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. And also, yeah, I like Matthew, Matthew and Jason were uh, very good at, at uh, also directing all the other actors and uh, and or friends we had on, on set. We pulled a lot of favors with um, a lot of amazing talent. So, so let's say that more I was more on the technical part, they were more on the acting part. And so that's how we split uh, yeah, we, uh, evenly we, the, the duties of directing. We knew we had – We at the very least, me and Matthew knew obsessively exactly how we wanted lines delivered and to come across because part of the movie quote obsession is I feel like you get a real ear for cadences and how things are delivered. Uh, so, yeah, while, what we lack in – we'll hopefully learn as this process goes on. The more technical side, we definitely had strong ideas about how everything should be delivered comedically. Mm-hmm. No, I also like the. Sometimes I think sounds overlooked in uh, in movies, and I liked all the sound effects, like when sharks are eating people and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that added to it. Like, um, I guess how how do you go about finding the right sounds for for a shark gnawing on someone? <laughs> okay, the, uh, part of the shark. It was uh, actually not the whole. Uh, growling of the shark. We know gr- sh- sharks don't have vocal cords, <laughs> but these are bad CGI sharks. So right, right. Drawn- of course they roar. Yeah, exactly. They're being uh, created with vocal cords. So a good chunk of that is uh, um, Jason's burps, <laughs> like that. <laughs> Slow down with echo, and uh, Emilio <laughs> used all the filters uh, that he had and all his weapon in his arsenal and uh, that's the result in the movie pretty much and then i guess for the chewing and like there's a couple of bone crunching sounds I, emmy I, yeah it's all emmy i just i told him to try and make because of the budget constraints we couldn't actually we have to do the old hidden attack i was like any time that it's supposed to be implied that they're crunching make it sound like really sickening and wet if you can because we since we can't show that let's try to make the sound facilitate the gore so I just pretty much gave that instruction to Emmy and then everything else he came up with. And like we said, we were happy with it every time mostly. Yeah, it worked, especially like in the, in the beginning uh, when, when the girl was getting you off the bed. Yeah. Uh, you know, you actually all, all the sounds like like a, it would be like a real horror movie. Like, wow, that sounds, you know, horrible. But, you know, yeah. it's completely silly. That is all Emilio. So yeah. it's excellent. And, and that's what he does uh, for a living pretty much. Mm hmm. So did you just stand there and like burp into a mic and record it? That's exactly. He was, he was actually he was laying down on a oh, mic. Oh, right. I, I chugged a can of soda and I was like, let's do this. And then we listened. Once we listened to it back on a lower speed, we we're like, oh, my God, this is such a creature noise. It's pretty guttural and demonic and haunting to a yes. degree when you really slow it down and or even reverse it. or. And then, of course, it. we had to bury the mic. Yeah. Because the Set mic. it on fire. Yes. <laughs> When you're doing something like that for a second, do you ever think, well, what the hell are we doing? I <laughs> thought what the hell I was doing in a way of this is exactly what I should be doing in my life. Right, right. I, I, say, I say what the hell am I doing in my life every single day. So yes. that wasn't particularly different. Mateo's pretty much locked up here all the time, translating, slowly going insane, like some cinematic phantom of the opera surrounded by his DVDs, <laughs> translating obscure movies into other languages. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. How did Matt? Why did Matt tell you? Why did you come here to, to begin with? Yeah, why the fuck are you here? Uh, <laughs> I took the wrong exit on the highway <laughs> uh, from Italy. Wow, that's pretty amazing. 
I I hated uh, uh, and I still do uh, Italy. Okay. Most, <laughs> most, mostly because it's filled with Italians, <laughs> and so I say, huh, let's try to go to America. Let's see how is that." Mm-hmm. And uh, I came here legally uh, with uh, a permit that is called H O, I think, or H one. That it's called uh, Ho. It's called I was Ho. I wasn't gonna turn you in or anything. Right. Some, <laughs> something like that. Um, Underground is, film star Matteo Molinari deported <laughs> after radio host Neil Jones turns in evidence. Yes, calling uh, Which technically it says that if you can prove that in your country you are what uh, the government uh, here says an alien of extraordinary ability, whatever that is, um, you can ask for a green card. And apparently I could prove that, and so I got my green card, and then I took my oath, and I became an American citizen, or a bisexual citizen, because I have two passports. Go for it, man. Yes. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. No, it sounds like Superman, a, uh, an alien like with Superman, extraordinary yes. abilities. Yeah. And, and the right of the boat, or the plane, rather, right of the plane, only 23 years later, I made my first movie. <laughs> so it's like a flash. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Watch out, word. So now. all you kids that are thinking about Hollywood career, it's easy. Just <laughs> yes. have about twenty-three solid years to dedicate to nothingness and wait for the next for the sequel in twenty-three years yes. from right. today. It's like Pennywise that comes. From yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, I also look like it. No, I look more like the creeper from Jeepers Creeper. That twenty-seven years. Twenty-seven, I think. So something like that. Yes, it's it's. But so yeah, yeah you don't want to be connected to that movie, uh, but. <laughs> But uh, uh, so Matthew and Jason, how about like uh, your family? Uh, were they cool with you like pursuing to, to make a movie? Oh, they've given up on us a long time ago. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair enough. They tried for a good while, but um, I mean, honestly, since we came out here, they've been uh, very supportive, knowing this is what we really want to do, and this is kind of only where we feel like we actually have something to do, something to say, something a reason to exist. Uh, so for that main reason, they've actually been insanely supportive of this, um, career quote unquote choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our, we can't, we'd be, it's, it's fun to, it's always fun to poke, uh, jokes at it, but we'd be lying if we said there was any sort of actual, like, uh, oh, dad hated us and this, or looked down on us or said it was never like <laughs> our parents are basically angels. And I'm pretty sure that we've gone as far away from possible from my conservative father's vision to what adult life for us would be like. Yeah. But he's still, he's, he came out to the friggin', he flew across the country for the premiere. He showed up in shark pajama pants like we asked him to. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I cannot say a single bad word about my parents. I'm sure we've destroyed any hope they have for a, a traditional <laughs> a traditional uh, life for us. But they, they see we're getting traction and they see that we're stupid enough to want to keep going. So I think it's... Uh, you know, at least we're not just uh, just doing nothing but like the retail job. There's actually a side hustle in there, so you know, yeah. Be yeah. yeah. Well, well, what did he think of bad CGI sharks? Uh, they they dug it. My mom, uh, I I mean, I, my mom's very supportive. I knew she would love it. But dad, we were excited to show it to him to kind of show because uh, you know it was three years in between with the cross continent editing and stuff, and we wanted to show that there actually was a vision and a cohesion. It actually came out well. And that was part of the reason I was so geeked to have him come out to the premiere because it's totally different being in a theater full of people and seeing it's kids on a real, yeah. big yes. screen than just yeah. watching yeah. in the living room. So he kind of seemed he he got he got the vibe that day of like wow this actually came into something and saw all the people that actually showed up. 
in the end, really, he just like, okay, any parents like, okay, I'm happy for you. Is the paycheck coming? Because, you know, uh, <laughs> that's going to be important eventually. And of yeah, course, yeah. them full of joy by saying no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's huge money in independent film, from what I understand. Yes. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of like the parents. When I told my parents that I wanted to come here, they look at me in the eyes so very belovingly and they told me, why didn't you do drugs like everybody else? And, but well, it's, then, not too, it's not too late. It's not too late. too late. <laughs> but I have too many allergies, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. But, but also, they've always been supportive um, of everything I've done. And uh, so that's nice. Yeah, yeah. So you, you said, you know, before about uh, people were returning tickets that morning, but then you end up being uh, a packed house. But how about actually watching the movie with the audience? What was that experience like? Terrifying. <laughs> my heart was ripping out of my chest. Um, but there were laughs, consistent laughs. It was mind-blowing. Yes. But it was the first 93 minutes of the movie were nerve-wracking. <laughs> I, I think, But I think at that point, there was so much prep to pull off the premiere since we were just doing it all ourselves with our team that there was a moment of being able to sit and relax and like, no matter what, now you just need to sit here and, and watch this. So there was a little bit of relief, which I think actually uh, it was the, it was in the autumn scene in the room. The, one of the very first scenes where she's texting her boyfriend, one of the first dumb laughs got a uh, dumb jokes, got a big laugh. And that was just kind of like that. Okay. Everybody breathe. Yeah, icebreaker, they yes. laughed at a first one and we should be okay now. And then it was pretty consistent throughout. Uh, so yes, that day was kind of a blur, and we almost looked back on it like we can't remember it happening, but that was a, that was a blessing that everyone showed up. Yes, and although I, I have also to say that it was a, a very surreal uh, situation because even if we shot them, we wrote the movie, we shot the movie, we edited the movie, we watched it endlessly to finish and trying to polish it the best possible way, I had the sensation that it was the first time I was actually watching it when it was in the movie theater, because because we were in a movie theater, probably. Yeah, yeah it was also it was all kept to us. No one really outside the circle. Yes, we couldn't possibly do anything, and it was just like a foreign uh, environment than my living room, where you usually were editing it. Just had to sit there and let it happen to you. Yeah. So strange. Yeah. So uh, you said the movie's going to actually come out in January? Yes. January 21st, 2020. It's already on pre-order... Q on Amazon.com. You might have heard about that website. Yeah, I've heard of it. I've I've never been there myself, but but I hear good things. Take a gander. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to take off. (laughs) Yes. That's my prediction. That founder will go far. Yeah, I'm predicting it right now. So so will it be um, the physical copy also on video on demand? It should be. We don't um, know just yet, but yeah, we, yeah, we don't have the list. Uh, our distributor pretty much says he has a long ass list of people he says to see who says yes to. But I think Amazon, as indicated by being on pre order, is safe to say it's up, and we will get the uh, the details and updates as they come. And of course, if you guys are on the social media, I'll be plastering all details all yes. over there once we know them. And and also thanks to Saint Ron Bonk from SRS Cinema. We love SRS who, Cinema. He believed in the project. Even if he was absolutely not involved whatsoever, um, <laughs> he did a wonderful movie called House Shark. I'm wearing a t-shirt of it right uh, now, Ron. Exactly. Is that uh, like an S- uh, Nintendo like uh, 8-bit yeah. shark Oh, you shirt? can see me. Yes, yes. I love it. That's very... Right. That's very right. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> is that how this Skype thing works? Because I does. Oh, I can see my forehead. Yeah, Look yes, at me. That, that's an eight-bit Nintendo uh, parody of a uh, yes. game. Uh, I, I approve. And he's been uh, entire, completely thoroughly supportive uh, from the get-go. And uh, he was the one that hit us up and kept hitting us up. It, yes, it was like. Amazing. Yes. He the first day we dropped the trailer, he was like, "This looks fantastic. Come to SRS for distro," and we actually started a dialogue. And I think it had been a couple of days we didn't respond. And he was the one hitting us up, like, "Hey guys, are we still doing this?" And uh, so amazing, absolutely amazing. So he's dealing all of uh, the details of distribution and everything. So that's why we don't really have direct uh, information on what is going to happen, when it's going to happen. The only thing that we know for sure now is that the uh, DVD for wide release uh, is scheduled on uh, uh, January the 21st. Mm-hmm. So dealing with our incessant requests. <laughs> yes, he's also... We're very high-maintenance clients. He's very accommodating, though, and is always willing to fix anything we want or change anything we want or let us have some input on design. So Very quick with their response. So we, It's yes. been a good partnership. That's another thing. We try to realize that we could have found nobody. We could have just been like, where is this going? Do we put it up on YouTube? So... I feel very blessed to have an actual home at SRS Cinema for this. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of uh, independent directors on the show, and uh, a lot of them have, like, horror stories, but the first movie they put out for distribution, you know, know, they got, you know, uh, got really screwed on it or whatever, so it's good that you guys, you know, found a place right away. Absolutely. It was was really serendipitous because we knew him uh, through movies that we saw, and I accidentally friended him on Facebook probably six or seven years ago, and um, and then when when uh, we made this movie, we just like started a dialogue, and it went incredibly well. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I have you seen guys seen the movie Crawl? I probably yeah, should have it yeah, it was great. But uh, so I went to I was like, oh, the guys who I found out the guys who made that are, are from Boston. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So I went to add them on Facebook, and then I realized, I found out they were already my friends. And so I went to message one, and I noticed that years ago, one of them asked to come on the show. And here I'd never read it. I, I missed it. And then so I was like, oh, um, I know this is seven years late, but it would be cool to have you guys. <laughs> yes. And then they just never replied. They're probably mean the, like, oh, screw uh, this guy. the Rasmussen brothers? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I'm friends with one of them on there, too. Uh yeah, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a huge creature feature hound, and that movie just was a plus plus for me. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, fun. It is. It, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. It was cool. Just a little back uh, at Boston Underground Film Festival I go every year, and everyone was really happy because they're like regulars there, and it was good to see because you think some people would be like jealous, like you know that these local guys you know had this uh, big movie out, but everyone was really supportive. And it sounds like you guys have run into that though. A lot of people that are supportive. Within like the horror world uh, of what you guys are doing, yes. Mateo is a has been a uh, fixture for years at this local Burbank book spot called Dark Delicacies. I know it, uh, and the love that they've shown, it, j- even just to him, because I've heard him tell stories about the love that they've shown him as a regular, and the love that we've had there, and the small community, uh, like even just you mentioned now, the names that we were mentioning you've had on the show, you start to uh, see names pop up that you know, but it seems. Uh, as newbies in this world, it seems like the horror community is just incredibly tight knit and loving, uh, and that's been also been kind of humbling to see how cool everyone's been and how it does kind of seem like a big family, uh, more so than movies. It seems like horror in specific is really yeah. family oriented. Yeah, yeah, because I started doing uh, conventions in 2011, and like I've always loved horror movies, but 
I mean, I don't have a bunch of tattoos. I didn't, just didn't know what to expect, like what the horror, you know, community would be like. But everyone is accepting of people of all different you know, walks of life. Just yeah. everyone has the same, uh, uh, shares a similar love. Yeah, it's, it's it's strange, but yes, it does work like that, and it's amazing. Yeah. So since you have the cool shirt, will we see bad CGI sh- shark T-shirts? Oh, they're up, my friend. Yes, oh, they, they are. are. Now, if you go to srscinemastore.com, I think we have, what, like t- 12 different uh, designs yeah, at this point? Because you know, every time I search it, it says 14 results, and two of those are Blu-ray and VHS. So I think okay, yeah. we have up to like 12 different designs. Uh, one of the things that attracted me to Ron and SRS Cinema was he really got – he was like, look, I'll be honest with you. I don't get a lot of kickback over the T-shirts, but they're great for fans and to put out publicity and – being a fan, I know how fun it is. As you said, I have my house shark shirt on. I like to represent. I like cool merchandise. So I was very, very glad. Ron was just like, we can put up whatever you guys want, as many designs as you want. Uh, so, yeah, we definitely wanted to have something for anyone who is cool enough to be a fan of it. And we've already had people uh, order them and post pictures of them. We had four, put four new ones up about just a week ago. So, yes, if anyone wants a bad CJ Sharks t-shirt, srscinemastore.com. Please don't hesitate to send us pics of you rocking them. We fucking love those. You guys are awesome. Yeah, I'm actually going to go and look for a shirt because uh, I've lost 125 pounds since November. So all my all my horror shirts are not fit. I Thank found them all. <laughs> <laughs> and so I need I need new shirts. I take oh, large down instead of 3x. So uh, I would love to have a bad CGI uh, bad CGI shark T-shirt. That'd be a fucking honor, Neil. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, it'd be awesome. I love it. So where can people follow uh, pajamas? No, follow pajama. Where can they follow you guys and bad CGI sharks to see all the news that's coming about? Uh, the two main places, I think we're all we're all on Facebook, but I think the main ones for fans and people want to do it is uh, Twitter is just simply at bad CGI sharks. Super simple. I'm on there constantly. I try to respond to literally everybody who's nice enough to give us a comment. I tweet like a friggin' machine gun maniac to anybody who even mentions the word shark movie. Uh, and my brother runs the Insta, which is at Bad CJ uh, Sharks Movie. Yes. Uh, and he is also on there constantly and trying to uh, keep abreast of everything. So, And then, of course, BadCGRSharks.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. We actually have all their information there, release dates, information. Background. And also, also there, there is a, a possibility of writing us. Email asking us whatever you want to know, and um, if yeah, basically, if anyone wants to get through, I am always on Twitter and more than happy to. So, if you want to uh, ask about the movie or merch or have a comment or just want to insult us and say it sucks and stop tweeting about shark movies, <laughs> just hit, hear about ourselves. We just, you know, old, Mateo tells me the old proverb: "Talk good about me, talk bad about me, but talk about me." So, you know, if you want to hit me up on Twitter and say I suck, you're an annoying dude. You promote your movie too much. It's happened once or twice before in the past. Uh-huh. Go ahead. You know, come on, come, come to the Twitter. We'll, we'll be happy Challenge to have you. accepted. <laughs> I'm going to go do that right now. <laughs> well, I really, I uh, really enjoyed it. And I also like that uh, Majama, I, I'll never say it right, but maybe I don't say pajama right either. No. But, uh, Just call us pajama, it'll be endearing. Or call, us, call us the three stupids and it's fine. <laughs> I like that you guys have, that, that that is like your IMDB page. We do, <laughs> yeah. But like, you go to the directors of Bad CGI Sharks, and it's just right there. Yeah. It's not like you guys. I, I like that for some reason. I'm gonna dub you guys the new Astron Six, who sadly have broken up and aren't gonna be making movies together anymore. So maybe you guys can fill the void of, of Astron Six. Oh, well, yeah. I'm a big fan of. So it's a compliment. 
All right. We'll take it. Yeah, right. we'll, we'll accept anything. <laughs> We're desperate. We're such a whore. So uh, before, well, I do have to get Dan Yeager on here, who's uh, oh, yeah. Leatherface, Leather, Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw 3D, and he's cool enough. He said uh, he doesn't mind it being a little bit late because I, I came home a little bit late. Um, but are you guys going to be working together on anything in the future? Oh hell yes! Actually, oh, yeah. the previous two doing this interview with you, we're sitting in the living room trying to brainstorm the next script. Uh, our goal, ideally, is to repeat the process, get the Italians to book their plane tickets, get the fire under our ass. If everything runs ideally according to how we'd like it to, it will. It will run. Thank you, Matthew. Positivity. We will have the movie shot by next year, and hopefully, we'll deliver it to Bonk, who would be nice enough to say yes again. And uh, fingers crossed, we can get you a new one before the end of next year. We definitely want to keep momentum going and uh, adore this whole process. Very grateful to be in it. So, yeah, we want to get that second movie out as quickly as possible. And to answer what's probably your next question, we absolutely want to do a shark sequel. Yes, All yes. Right. But, not, right, but probably it's not going to be our next project. No, we want to do something different next and then go back for the sequel. Mm-hmm. Unless a all bunch right. of people want to give us money to do the sequel, then by all means. Unless a lot of people want to give us a bunch of money not to do the sequel. <laughs> this is even... <laughs> Very good. And one last question. Um, is it this serious question now? Is it true that bad CJ sharks is based on a true story? Yes. Yes. All yeah. Right. It's, it's actually is half of it uh, is based upon uh, uh, of mice and men, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and uh, the the upper part, the upper half. Right, right. Actually, Tell there me. is something of Lenny to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where did he go? Uh, no, me, uh, Matthew, my brother is the one who deserves the credit because he was like, look, at this level, there's so little we can actually control. We need to double down having an actual great story. And that's when it struck me to just put the brother shtick that we've been trying to find forever into it. So, yes, when you guys see those dynamics, some of it's been made up for the story, but the mechanics and the chemistry of how it works is absolutely me and Matthew. All right, very good. Also, and also, since I cannot act for the life of me, uh, the character is me. That's that's Mateo's shtick. Oh, I liked it. I thought I thought you did a good job. Thank you. Yeah. Tell he me about the rabbit. Dad, he won't give himself a compliment. He's he's good at it. I understand. I I got you. All right, it's been awesome to have you guys on, and love to do it again sometime. Yes, yeah, well, Neil. Thank you so thank much, you so man. It's wonderful having uh, being here and chatting like this. It's very fun. Yeah, and it, I really dug bad CGI sharks, not just because you were here. <laughs> and I should I probably shouldn't say this, but I've been told you could tell. If I like a movie or not, if I add that, uh, <laughs> since you're here for people listening to the show a lot. So. But well, yeah, we really appreciate that, brother. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much. We're grateful that you have you had us on. Thanks, guys. From ancient terrors to the search for modern day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. We should have The tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming night! Hopefully, they're coming night! Hopefully, they're coming night! Hopefully, they're coming night! Hopefully! Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming night! Hi, this is Caroline Williams from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. 
and Sharknado 4. You're listening to Without Your Head. Welcome back to the station of Decapitation Without Your Head. I'm still Nasty Neil, and I'm joined by Dan Yeager, Leatherface of Texas Chainsaw 3D. It's very cool to have you here. It's good to be here, Neil. It's good, good, to, good to talk to you again. It's been a few years, huh? Yeah, it was, I was at Mad Monster. I think it was my first Mad Monster party. It was, was a very it? cool. Yeah, and unfortunately, that video interview was on a uh, my lost hard drive, and ne- and it's was never seen the light of day. Unfortunately, oh, a lot of very cool. Yeah, that yeah, your interview, and um, uh, there was a lot of very good ones on there. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, sad times. Sad let's, times. But let's, we have the memory. Let's let's recreate the magic then. <laughs> exactly. And, and as we know, you're going to be at Rocket Shock uh, October 11th through the 13th. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, Worcester, uh, yeah. in my home, to my home state here in Massachusetts. It's always a good uh, time. If people don't know, they have uh, music and horror movies. So you can go to the concert one night and then go and meet a bunch of cool horror people uh, throughout the weekend. And there's a good cigar lounge right next door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I notice you're you're a big cigar cigar guy. Yeah, it's it's the only thing keeping me alive. Okay, that's good. I uh, at at Rocket Shock once I had some cigars on me because a, a fan of well, the guy who listens to the show used to send me cigars, but I knew nothing about them. Yeah. And another Leatherface, Ari Mihailov, he yelled mm-hmm. at me because I had him in like the pocket of my vest, and he's like, Neil, Neil, Neil. It's like you can't you can't keep finding cigars in, in the pocket of a vest. Mm-hmm. He was very upset. Yeah. Yeah, you don't no. want to upset RA, man. I no, love that. Big man. Yeah. How about is there like a kinship with all the leather faces? Um, yes. Um we actually we we just did a show. I don't know. I, I don't the, time is is running together for me, but I think we were in Ohio. Um, yeah, they're they're we're all good friends. They're a good bunch of guys. Yeah. Did, did unfortunately, you... unfortunately, the brotherhood is shrinking. Yeah, that's very sad. I lost yeah. uh, uh, Gunnar Hansen, mm. who's always really nice to me, too. Um, did you talk to Gunnar before taking the roles of Leatherface? No. I met Gunnar on the set of Texas Chainsaw. Although, I listened to Gunnar, you know, extensively before I did the movie. You know, I, I, I found everything I could find online and, you know, read everything he wrote and, you know, I, I, I did, I did my best to, you know, plagiarize. (laughs) You know, since it was a direct sequel, unlike, you know, um, you know, by, which is kind of common now, direct sequels to the first, the first movie, but it, it would be important though, I think then to, you know, to have some insight on how Leatherface was in the, in the first movie. Yeah. You know, the, the script, well, I mean the, the story, you know, there was the intervening, however many years it was, we don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, was it, was it 20 years or was it 40 years? We don't know. Um, but anyway, you know, in, in 20 years, people change. So, you know, I knew he wasn't the exact same character, but he was, you know, yeah, and so I wanted to, I wanted to try and 
preserve that identity that he had created and, you know, continue it into these new circumstances that poor Leatherface found himself in. What were some of the things you picked up, like, you know, when you're researching what Gunner talked about the character that maybe you didn't think about uh, before? Um, it was It was really, you know, most of it was physical because that's all that you really have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, he was, he was a nonverbal character. So, you know, you didn't have to work on the accent or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually he did have some vocalizations, you know, uh, in the original movie, he made noises Yeah, and it was, it was, it was the uh, f- finding him was, was a matter of, you know, understanding his his place in the family uh in that regard and then you know trying to come up with something that you know had some sense of authenticity in his new circumstances mm-hmm. you know how would that really affect you know he is a person you know yeah. he, he is a, a he is a human. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, you know, when when Gunner and I met on the set, you know, we we talked at length about you know his his approach to it, and uh, he he said he said his his take on it was that if you if you removed Leatherface's mask, there's nobody there. Mm-hmm. Leatherface was the mask. And that was the significant change that happened in our movie mm-hmm. is that we actually showed a person evolved behind that mask, but he was still kind of trapped in the mask. You know, he couldn't let it go. He, and you know, there's, there's a scene where he actually sews it onto his face. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's dedicated to, <laughs> but you know, that it, it's, you know, we, we, we tried to evoke that emotional state that, you know, was his attachment to, you know, putting on that mask and what it all meant. Uh, what, what were some of the other, um, Texas Chainsaw actors like, uh, on the set of, um, 3d, you know, like John Dugan and, and, uh, Bill Mosley. Um, I only met Bill very briefly on set. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, they were shooting the scene in the, in the farmhouse where it got, you know, burned down. And, uh, I was actually shooting on second unit overnight. And, uh, anyway, I, I couldn't miss that. So I went, I went over to their set and, and mm-hmm. met everybody. Um, but we, you know, they were busy work. And so we didn't have much time to socialize. We, we had a lot more time, uh, in the, in the following years to kind of hang out. The only one I really spent a lot of time with was Marilyn Burns. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she was, she was delightful. Yeah. A very nice person. We, yeah. uh, we actually, uh, we actually shot the scene where, uh, Leatherface returns her corpse to the grave. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, that was an amazing experience. I'll tell you. It's, it was, it was something. Yeah. She was just so nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a uh, kind of bittersweet, but, um, 
I get to, I the panel I hosted with uh, Marilyn Gunner and John. It was the last time that all three uh, were together, mm-hmm. and so like it's really special to me. But it's also you know it's it's uh, like I said bittersweet at the same time. Yeah. So over the over the years, did you um did you get to know like all the other uh, chainsaw like family from the conventions? I think I've pretty much met everybody. Um, you know, there, there's probably there's there's probably some more still lurking around out there somewhere. But <laughs> yeah, you know, were, were you a fan of uh chains the Texas Chainsaw movies? Um, yes. When I was in high school in Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm-hmm. Um, this was back in, I think it was 1981. And, uh, I mean, I had, I was always into horror movies and I, I had heard, you know, of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it was one of those, you know, forbidden movies back then, yeah. you know, they would never show anyway, through, through some mistake someone made somewhere, it turned out that, uh, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was going to show at our local drive-in. Mm-hmm. And so uh, me and my buddies all went there because, you know, so somebody was going to figure out the horrible mistake they made and shut that all down. So we had to hurry up and go see it. Yeah. And so, yeah, we went to see it. And after that, um, that was when, uh, uh, you know, VHS and Betamax were fighting for supremacy mm-hmm. and uh, we ended up buying a VHS machine and uh, I bought two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, one was Eraserhead Good movie. and the other was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. Two classic midnight movies, honestly. Yeah. And I, yeah. I wore, wore those, both those movies out just mm-hmm. watching them over and over. Yeah. So yeah, I was well familiar with the movie. Mm-hmm. So when it came, like, well, so how did it come about that you'd even even had the chance to be uh, Leatherface? Um, I had met uh, Carl Mazicone, the producer of Texas Chainsaw, right about the time he was negotiating with with Toby and Kim for the rights, and uh, you know we were just friends, and we hang out and smoke cigars, and you know just carouse around Hollywood. And, you know, he worked on it for, I don't know, about a year. And he had, you know, he, he knew I was a, a bit of a writer and, and uh, he knew I was an actor, but he kind of ignored that. And so did I, cause actors are terrible. And, uh, Anyway, as he was developing the script, you know, he said, oh, you should read this thing and see what you think. And so I read it and, uh, you know, gave him some notes. And he, he I, I think he genuinely appreciated that because, you know, I mean, like I say, I knew the original movie. And that yeah. was mostly what my notes were, were kind of things, you know, that were in conflict with the original. Mm-hmm. And was- uh so he continued to develop the movie, brought in John Lessenhop, his friend, to direct. And, you know, he was never going to shove an actor down the director's throat. But uh, he had the idea that, you know, 
I would make a good Leatherface because in uh, in one of their story meetings, uh, um, they were they were talking about who they thought Leatherface was as a as a character, and a couple of times somebody said, you know, kind of like Dan, <laughs> you know, and you know, I think that gave him the idea and. And then he 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 ended up inviting both John and and myself to the same Christmas party, mm-hmm. and uh, he didn't introduce us or anything. But um, John John wrote a, an article for the Huffington Post when the movie came out about him discovering Leatherface, and it was at that party. Mm. How, and we how- met we met the following week and talked about it, and you know John was was glad to know I was such an aficionado and uh, he, he saw the physicality immediately because. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard not to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, how different was that original script to, to what was shot? Um, it was a lot longer. Um, Mm -hmm. they, they tightened it up a lot. Um, the, the original version was, you know, was actually what what was considered by the executives at at Lionsgate to be a period movie because it took place in the 90s you know mm-hmm. and they they really were afraid you know to make a period movie because they didn't think you know the kids would go see it mm-hmm. you know they wanted they they thought it was important to have a you know, a contemporary soundtrack and, you know, all that. And so anyway, that was how all the, the timeline fudges happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, and the, and, and the way they dealt with it in the movie was they have just, a, they, they just never, you Some know, they never mentioned time. the date of the original movie. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. The, like if, if you watch it, you know, the, the cop car, that pulls up to the house at the very beginning is like from the early eighties, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not a, you know, it's, it's not an old, and then a few more cars that pull up They're They're not from the seventies. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, nowadays, like, uh, there's so much eighties nostalgia and even nineties mm-hmm. nostalgia with like, uh, Captain Marvel and stuff. So, uh, I don't think you know it may not have made any difference one way or the other, but I think the idea of not setting it you know in another era as some you know people wouldn't go yeah. see it. I don't I don't really think that would have mattered. No, no, I I don't I don't think it would have either. But you know, yeah, I'm yeah. not an executive. So. Right? Do you know why it, uh, there's no massacre in the movie? The the, na- the actual name massacre. That was uh, right about the time that they had that shooting in. I think it was in Colorado, wasn't it? In a movie theater. Yeah, like at the Batman or something. Yeah, and and I kept telling them, you know, you can't call this Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D because you know when it's on the with when it's on the shelf in the video store, it's not always going to be 3D. It's just going to be Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and there's already two movies called that, right? Know? Yeah, and that's not what it is, you know. So anyway. The, the 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 actual uh, working title was Leatherface 3D, mm. but they decided they wanted it to be Texas Chainsaw so that it would be on the shelf with all the other Texas Chainsaw movies. 
Mm-hmm. Was there ever a time in the script where like the other family members are in are with Leatherface, or was it always you know really about Leatherface? Was they what? Uh, was there ever a time in the script where like uh, some of the other family members were were still in the movie, like in modern time, or was it always really just Leatherface? Yeah, it was always just Leatherface. Everybody else was dead. Yeah. So did you um, did did you have to do any? I, I know like you you talked to John, uh, the director, or anything, but did you have to do any type of a rehearsal for the movie? Oh yeah. Outro? Oh hell yeah! I. Uh... You know, there were tons, there was lots of, of stunt work, you know, um, because everything was shot practical. You know, mm-hmm. there, there was, there, there, there's a little, there's a little bit of CGI. It's um, like enhanced stuff. Yeah. But, but, you know, when, when you see, uh, you know, Kenny getting the the steel meat hook in his back and dragged back down the steps. Yeah. You know, that's a real steel meat hook that I hooked into his back and dragged him down the steps with it. You know, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of stunts. The one stunt they weren't going to let me do was as the, as the van was originally trying to escape, um, Leatherface was going to jump on the back of it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they, after, after we got into the movie, they realized that, yeah, no, that's just, that's just theatrics, you know, Mm -hmm. that's not really what he would do. And so they dropped it. So did you do all your own stunts for the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a background in stunt work? No, no. Other than I had, I have a, an older brother. Right, I do too. So yeah, yeah. He uh, he trained me. Okay. Well, was it uh was it physically demanding? Do you have any injuries? Oh yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was tough. Um, the the first injury. Well, the 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 stunt the stunt coordinator uh, was incredible. I mean, surprisingly, surprisingly few injuries for, for what we did. Um, um, Steve Griffin, he was just fucking, he was good and very meticulous, very careful and, uh, got us through it. But when we were doing the carnival scene, I was running around and we had 150 extras mm-hmm. and they all wanted to meet Leatherface, you know? And so I was constantly shaking hands and kissing babies between shots and it was a hundred and I don't know how many degrees and, you know, you know how humid it gets in Louisiana. Yeah. And I was just drenched in sweat and I got dehydrated and, you know, I was chugging Gatorades. They were good. You know, there was, there were, there were PAs running around with Gatorades, giving, keeping everybody hydrated. But, you know, I, I, I got behind and, and I pulled a muscle in my leg and it really, annoyed me because Leatherface has a limp now because in the original movie, he gores his own leg with the chainsaw, you know, Mm -hmm. and I got the cramp in the other leg. It was was a bitch. Yeah. At least it could have been the the right leg, uh, you know, the correct. Yeah. 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 No, no, it couldn't work out that way. Anyway. So his, his limp is a little weird as he's running through the, 
the carnival. You only see it, I think, once, and you really have to be looking. You have to know it's there. Um, yeah, you probably notice it more than anyone. Yeah, I'm sure nobody else even cares. <laughs> yeah. um, Until right now. now they're gonna yeah, look it up. yeah, now I'll go back and look at it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. He's limping on the wrong leg. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the other one was the slaughterhouse scene where they're beating him with the pipe. Mm-hmm. Um, that took a long time to shoot. And poor Paul Ray had wrenched his back um, before we shot that scene. And he, he was in pain. He was in more pain than I was. And, uh, you know, hitting somebody or fake hitting somebody with, a, with even a, a, you know, a, a rubber pipe. You know, he, he was trying to pull his hits, you know, so that he wasn't literally beating me to death. But after about the, I don't know, eighth hour of shooting mm-hmm. that beating, um, he just couldn't do it anymore. And, and the, uh, the wardrobe was such that they couldn't hide pads under it. You know, yeah. they kept saying, oh, man, we're trying to figure out how to put a pad under this. You know, it was a real thin little, you know, silk shirt mm-hmm. Leatherface was wearing. And you just couldn't hide pads under it. So anyway, I was I was black and blue after that. But not bad. You know, it wasn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about a wheel and a chainsaw? Like, uh, what, what do they use? Is it a really chainsaws. heavy chainsaw? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, big big ass chainsaws. Mm-hmm. Did the, you have uh, any experience before, before with chainsaws? Well, you know, I'd I'd cut down trees and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you didn't massacre out. anyone, right? No, yeah. I never mass. I've never massacred anybody. All right, all right. Not even in jest. Good. Uh huh. Not if it's a practical joke. Yeah. Yeah. No. Not even just kidding. Mm-hmm. But is, is there any difference uh, filming in 3D? Yeah. You know, uh, the 3D rigs are just bizarre cameras. They're, they're actually two separate cameras, but they're not right next to each other. There's, mm-hmm. there's one that shoots down, and then the other one shoots from the back through this 50% mirror that is set at a 45 degree angle so that they're both shooting the same mm-hmm. point of view. And the reason they do that is so that they can bring the cameras closer together than you could physically if they were side by side. Yeah. And it makes the 3d more, uh, analogous, I guess, to actual human vision. And so they had much better control of the, the dynamics of the 3D with these rigs. However, you know, working in front of a regular camera, you know, you kind of get to learn, well, yeah, that's a, that's a 16 millimeter lens. I kind of know how, how wide the frame and, you know, what, what, what that's doing, you know, to the image. But you have no, no frame of reference like that with the 3D. It's a total different kind of dynamic. And so we spent a lot of time, you know, checking angles and the lighting had to be just right for that chainsaw. Otherwise, you know, it's dark in the background. So if there, you know, if there wasn't a glint on the chainsaw blade, you wouldn't see it, you know? So they were very meticulous 
and hitting all those angles and never breaking the frame with the blade. You know, if you have a chainsaw blade and then it goes, breaks the frame in 3D, um, you'll lose it in one eye first. Mm -hmm. And it gets weird. And it it, it makes a blur something. The 3D guy tried to explain it to me and I'm not, I'm not that smart. (laughs) But anyway, they were, and they they were the best in the business. I mean, those guys were just on the ball. Mm-hmm. So they 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 have that in mind. I guess you have that in mind too. So when What's you're that? when you have the chainsaw, do you, so do you keep that in mind when you're acting with the chainsaw, not to get it out of frame, or is that more yeah. something the cameraman does? Yeah, we we you know when uh, opening weekend uh, we were we had a party and Toby Hooper was there and uh, we we talked about that. He said, man. He said that shot where you come down the stairs and that 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 chainsaw blade just sweeps right in front of the camera. He says we tried to do that and just could never get that shot. I said he says I can't believe you guys did it in 3D. <laughs> and it was it was just practice and you know really really you know being diligent. Um do you, you know, know what they, he they, thought of the movie overall? What's that? You know what Toby thought of the movie overall? Um, he, I mean, he liked it. He, he, he was, you know, he was very, very complimentary to me at, at this party. Yeah. Um, you know, we sat for a couple hours talking about everything and, you know, he, he was, he was very pleased with, with the character of Leatherface. He says, it, it, you know, you guys got it. You guys understood that character. And that's because we used the same character he wrote, you yeah. know, um, with some, you know, evolution to it. So mm-hmm. o- overall, I think he was, he was, he was pleased with, with, with what happened with it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what's uh, what's Kim Drinkle like? I've never, I've never met him or really know a lot about him. No, I've never met him either. Okay. And he, you know, he wasn't. I don't. He wasn't involved at all. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, he's never at a convention. I've actually, I've tried to get him on the show a few times. I know people know him, but uh, they've yeah. all told me it's just not something he's interested in. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know anything about. Him. Yeah. So uh, when the when the movie comes out, um, did you ever watch it with an audience? Oh yeah, yeah. Alexandra D'Addario and I went to uh, went to a theater in downtown LA opening night, and uh, you know did a little uh, you know hi to the fans and stuff like that. And, yeah. And uh, yeah, we we saw it there, and I and then I did a I did a couple of other screenings um one in las vegas um but yeah actually i went i went to see it with some friends in uh times square uh that was fun Mm -hmm. yeah people seem to enjoy it yeah when you watch it do you see it you know for the movie or is it more like you're you kind of for the experience of making the movie and the memories of it um yeah, I, I I can't watch it as you know, just a every 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 time I watch it, you know, 
all I think of was, oh, I could have done that better. Oh, I wish I'd have done that. You know, it's it's just yeah. nothing but regrets. But it's good. I, 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 it's one of the few movies I've done. I haven't done that many movies, but um, that one and and uh, the Drowned Man, which was a, a an AFI short. I've seen that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I watched my part of Sharknado Four. I don't think I've ever seen the whole movie. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, what was that experience like to do Sharknado 4? Um, it was fun, you know. Uh, it it was a romp. Um, a buddy of mine did the props on a few of the Sharknado movies, and, mm-hmm. and uh, he and I used to hang out in the mountains north of L.A., and... Uh, he, he told me, oh, you know, the next one we make, we, we're going to do a, an homage to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I said, oh, nice. He says, yeah, maybe 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 we can get you in that one. I said, oh, I'd, I'd love to do it. And so anyway, it was it was about, I don't know, eight months later, I get a call. And he says, um, remember, we were talking about Sharknado. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah. He says, what are you doing Sunday? <laughs> I said, I don't have any plans. Well, you know, we we are doing the homage to, uh, you know, Texas Chainsaw. And uh, I told the director, I know Leatherface. <laughs> and so anyway, <laughs> it, they they sent me the script. And it was nice. I, I, I liked what they were doing. You know, it was, it, was, it had, it had, humor but still you know you could tell that anthony was a big chainsaw fan mm-hmm. and uh the 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 large hulking brute in the background his name was gunner yeah so, I yeah I, yeah i actually had him on the show before the before the movie came out that particular one and he talked about being a uh, a big texas chainsaw massacre fan yeah what was, what was Dog the Bounty Hunter like? He was cool. Really nice guy. Um, he was very nervous because I believe it was his feature film debut. It probably is, yeah. Um, he, he kept, you know, dialogue was was something he found very difficult. And Carolyn Williams really, you know, she held his hand through, through the process. And everybody did. Everybody wanted him to, you know, do do well. And I think he did. You know, he 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 was really intense. You know, when it, when when the cameras were rolling, man, he was he was not the same person. You know, <laughs> in between yeah. takes. Um, you know, he's just really has such an energy. And uh, yeah, no, he was such a nice guy. I really enjoyed him. But you know, kept telling him, you know, you don't have to remember every line. You know, just remember the next, you know, cause, cause they're going to cut, you know, they're going to edit, you know, right. you don't have to, if you flub one, don't worry about it. You know, it, it'll, it'll all work out. And anyway, he, 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 he did it, man. Mm-hmm. The, the 3d like uh, did really well at the box office. Uh, was there ever talks to do a sequel to it? Well, I was actually contracted to do six, movies oh, wow. yeah and you know carl had the rights to do six and 
you know, I was his friend, I guess. And he <laughs> says, all right, well, we're signing you up for six. I go, oh, good. And that was, of course, uh, on the condition that they actually make them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, some, some kind of power struggle occurred with, with Millennium. You know, they didn't like what, what he was doing. And, you know, they thought they had a better idea. And, um, you know, it just became a battle over this movie. And Carl saw the deadline, you know, these, these, these rights are contingent upon releasing movies. If you don't do it by a particular date, you know, you lose your rights to do it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the deadline was coming up for, for the next movie. And so he just said, all right, go, go take your shot then. And so they made that Leatherface movie. And, you know, they didn't hit the deadline anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it took them way too long to make it. And they lost the rights. So that was it. Yeah. And now I guess somebody else is going to make a a sequel to the original. Right. Another direct sequel to the original? Yeah. I don't don't think it's going to leap forward in time like ours did. Oh, okay. I think it's just going to... I think it's going to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, like right after the first yeah, one ends. I think it's going to pick up like ours did right at the end of the first. Although I don't know. I, I don't know if they even have a script yet. I, I haven't heard. I'm sure I won't. Mm-hmm. Was that uh, was that difficult for you? Uh, you know, you signed up to do six of them and then uh, they just make the one. Um, you know. My biggest problem ought to be I only got to play one Leatherface. <laughs> very well put. Very well put. You know, yeah. How, how can you? How can you be bitter? Or anything? But um, yeah, it would have been great. But you know, yeah. That's that's one thing I've learned in Hollywood is you know don't believe anything until you see it on a marquee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what's with a zombie bear attack? I've seen bits of this, you know, you talk about it for years. I've seen different, uh, uh poster art for it. Uh, former co-host here was doing poster art one time. Uh, yeah. what, can you tell us anything about the zombie bear attack? Well, it's a script I wrote. Yeah. A few years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I really wanted to, I've written, I've got, I've got four feature scripts that, that are done and, uh, you know, in various stages of, of development. Um, and I really always thought this, this, this one I wrote called slaughter farm would be the best one for me to make, you Mm -hmm. know, next. And, but zombie bear attack, there's just something sublime about, that yeah the the name gets you right away it's just yeah it's just such a simple but powerful concept you know you immediately know if you want to see that movie or not just by (laughs) the title Mm -hmm. and you know i think there's enough people who want to see it um i just haven't found the money to make it yet Mm -hmm. um anyway i've been i've been pushing hard and uh you know got gotten gotten some nibbles you know people are interested but you know nobody's stroked that check yet yeah and what uh, what kind of like uh would it zo- zombie bear tech would you make like a, a serious horror movie or would it be like a, a you know a, a comedy horror movie yeah no it's i i don't i don't do comedy 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got some humor in it. Every sure. horror movie should have some yeah. humor in it. Yeah. But no, it's um, the people who've read the script have always commented that they're amazed at the, you know, at the depth of the thing. You know, they, they expect some, you know, just some schlock horror movie. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's got it's got a team of strong characters and the you know, it's got a it's got a a. An ending that, you know, I think will make people cry. You know, it's it's really an intense movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it in my head so many times now. I, I really want to make it. Yeah. I'd be very interested. I, I love the name. And you don't, you, you know, besides uh, the shark zombie and um, in Zombie 2, I can't really think of a lot of, I guess, the half dogs and Return of Living Dead. But there's not a lot yeah. of animal zombies yeah and you know one of the one of the characters in the in the movie a rather a rather you know colorful character he's he's kind of an old mountain man he says you know he says bears is bad enough just being bears (laughs) right you know the the and the thing with bears that you always have is you can scare bears. You know, we, we, we lived in the mountains where there were bears and you can bang on pots and, and scare them away, but that ain't going to work with zombie bears. It's very true. Do you, do you have a lot of bears up there? I don't live there anymore. Oh, okay. Right. I'm in New York now. Oh, okay. Well, I saw we a bear when I was in New York. Yeah. I saw a black bear when I was in, it was in the Catskills in New York in yeah. Hunter Mountain. Yeah, we're in central New York. Okay. Yeah. At first, I actually thought it was someone had a uh, a cutout of a bear in their front yard. I was like, "Oh, that's cool." And yeah. I was like, "Oh, I think that's moving." And I was like, "Oh shit, it's a it's yeah. an actual bear." Yeah. Yeah, and I was I was I was watching I was watching YouTube videos of bears too, just because I like bears, and mm-hmm. uh, there were there there are a few that show bears walking on their hind legs. Mm-hmm. And I just never had realized how good bear suits were mm-hmm. until I saw that. Uh, you know, they look like people in bear suits yeah. when they're walking on their hind legs. It's hilarious. Hmm. So, would you be in the movie? Um. Yeah. There actually, there is a a, a, a like a peripheral role that that I wanted to do. Um. But only peripherally, mm-hmm. unless I end up not directing it, and then I'll, I'll, I'll make a play for a bigger role. Maybe I don't. Yeah, yeah. So your plan would be to, you know, not only write it, but you'd like to direct it. Yeah, that, I, you know, ever since I was a kid, I, I've, I've, I've been a director. You know, the acting was just something. You know, when you're when you're six six, and you know, I used to be in shape. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, they want to put you in front of the camera, but, um, when, when you're I've, at, I've, I've always yeah. wanted to direct. Yeah. When you're at the conventions, do you get a lot of uh, independent, like, uh, directors, you know, or filmmakers, whatever, want wanting you to be in, in their stuff? Yeah. Nobody's mentioned it. Really? It's mm-hmm. hmm. unfortunate. Not that I object to that. I mean, I, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I would just assume it would happen, but, um, I, I didn't want to mention it's kind of a sad subject, but, uh, you know, Sid Haig passed away recently I and, do. uh, just a huge, you know, 
horror guy and anyone who's been to conventions you know what a big part part of conventions he was uh do you have any memories of sid yeah i i i ran into sid at a few shows um and the first the first one we were at together we ended up having breakfast on you know sunday morning together and uh we were both fairly exhausted by that point. They're, they they do take a lot out of you. But anyway, we 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 talked a little bit, and and uh, he he was telling me some stories about you know his career, uh-huh. and and finally I said, you know, you you got to write a memoir, man. That's it was just yeah. amazing the stuff that man did, and I saw him two or three shows after that. And every time I saw him, I said, how's that book coming? So I haven't started it yet. I don't think he ever started it, but it's a shame. We know, you know, that, that book, somebody should write that book because Mm -hmm. that, that man led an amazing life and had an amazing career. And he was an amazing human being. He was just such a, agreed, a, a genuinely kind man. Um, you know, and smart, you know, he was, he was, he was quite the intellectual. I really liked him. Yeah. Yeah. I was lucky to have uh dinner with him one night in Texas with him and Ed Neal. And yeah, just, he's just sitting there telling stories and exactly what he said, you just think, wow, this guy's, he's talking about like being in like a uh, cowboy, like TV shows, like in the fifties mm-hmm. or sixties maybe. And then like, you know, being in these other countries and these crazy stories and you just stop and think like, Wow, this guy's really lived the life. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm sure the book is out there uh, with everyone who's met him and, and heard these various stories. But yeah. it'd be nice to have it all put together for for people to actually uh, sit down and read. Yeah, I uh, I, I wrote a little uh, I wrote a little uh, kind of allegorical uh, uh, tribute to to see it on the Facebook mm-hmm. um, people, people seem to like it. I, you know, yeah, he was, he was, he was a one of a kind man. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't know him better. You know, he was, yeah, he was such a genuine guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first ever guest here on the show on our very first show, 2006 yeah. it was very cool. You peaked early. We could have just been a couple, a bunch of goofballs, but he, 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 which we probably are, but he had decided to come on the show, and it was, uh, it was, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. So you mentioned your Facebook. Where, where is that Facebook? Where can people follow you? Um, there, I, I've got a few pages going. There's mm-hmm. uh, uh, bad anger pictures has a Facebook page, Leatherface, Dan Yeager Leatherface has a page. And then I keep my friends list below 5,000 mm-hmm. so that people can always send me friend requests, although I've got a stack of them in there. I'm very selective on on who can fill those last slots. Yeah. I'm never going to fill it up, by the way. I'll just keep, you know, yeah. I'll keep it below 5,000 so that, you know, we keep it fresh. I went through it the other day and there were, there were, I don't know, a dozen profiles I found, and I didn't even make it all the way through, of, you know, 
old profiles that had been deactivated. So I deleted those to make more room. And so I'll always try and keep that open. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, like, actually, I don't think the zombie bear attack page is live. But they're on there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope I hope that gets uh, that becomes a reality at some point, because I, I would really like to see it. Not just because you're a cool guy, but I think the uh, the whole premise sounds good. Well, that helps. I'll tell the investors. Neil wants to see it. Right. This nasty Neil wants to see it. You, you're That's in. That's right. Mm-hmm. That'll help. No, yeah. Don't quote me on that. But yeah. And I'm I'm gonna try I'm hoping to bring some some zombie bear t shirts with me to uh oh, that'd be nice. to Boston. So Worcester. Yeah, Worcester, yeah. Which is good because I need new uh, horror shirts. I've lost 125 pounds. I know. You're, all you're, my stuff doesn't fit. You're <laughs> you're just a slip of a thing now, I understand. Well, I don't know about that, but yeah, but much I, much about half the man I used to be. Yeah, well I hope you're feeling well. I do. That's that's the main thing. I feel way probably best I've ever felt, even since. Yeah. I'm what's here. what's what size do you need now? Large. I went large, from three large. three X to large. So. All good. right. I'm still two X, but. Yeah, but you're a lot. I'm only five foot five, so it's a little bit a no. di- little bit of difference in the height. Yeah. A couple inches, no. I think. I'll never get below two X. I thought you said you're never gonna get below five five, but I I, I don't think so. Unless Horrible accident. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, some type of uh, something goes crazy mm-hmm. with the gravity. Mm-hmm. She never knows. A lot of weird chainsaw. Things. Chainsaw. There you go. Yeah, that, that can take a chainsaw accent. Yeah. So, but hopefully that doesn't happen to you, Dan. No, let's hope for that. Right. By the way, what what are you drinking? Just some cheap ass bourbon. All right. Is that the name of it? Cheap ass bourbon. It should be. It should that would be a good name? I'd probably buy that. Yeah. When I get the drink. Yeah. Call it what it is. Yeah. I remember there was a there was a, a vodka here. I think it was a local thing called Hugh Jass. So it was like Hugh Jass. Yeah. Jass vodka. And it just mm. came in a it was very cheap. It came in a giant bottle. It wasn't oh. particularly good, but but it was very big. Yeah. hmm So I'm looking forward to seeing you in Worcester. Likewise. Yeah. It'll be a good time. And uh, when you go to the the fe- the, the conventions, um, do you ever uh, venture out in the area and do anything you know locally? Uh, usually, yeah. I mean, there 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 will be a couple of cigar meetings over there at that club, like I say. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what else is going on, but yeah, we usually find stuff to do. There's yeah. actually a really great diner not far from that place too. Oh, really? One of the old ra- rail car diners, you know. Yeah, there's a few of those, you know, in Massachusetts, and uh, yeah. they're always fun, fun to find. Yeah. I always like to find interesting places to eat when I'm someplace new. Yeah, good time. But I'm glad you said that because some people only stay in the hotel and they don't oh, see no. wherever they're going. You know. No, I walked all over that place last time I was there. That's a great show too. I, uh, it's it's that's one of the good ones. <laughs> yeah, that's my dog. All right. Well, hello. What what kind of dog? He's a coonhound. Coonhound. Misbehaving coonhound. All right. What's the What's the name? Uh, Barnabas. Barnabas. Oh, like Barnabas Collins. Exactly. Very good. I approve of the name. So, you, uh, real quick though, you mentioned uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and um, Eraserhead. What What would you say were your favorite horror movies? Um. Actually, I just did a a, a, 
an interview for a magazine. They they emailed me questions. And that was one of the questions. And man, I start I started going through it, and holy cow, there are so many good ones. But the very first horror movie I fell in love with was the original Frankenstein. Yeah, that's one of my actually all time favorites. And I still love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Bride of Frankenstein, mm-hmm. love that movie. Um, you know, more a- anything. You know, actually, I love every Stanley Kubrick movie. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, his 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 horror movies were, were special. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know what he's what he he wants to go for a walk or something. Right. Um, what else? One I haven't seen in a long time that I thought of when I was making the list was From Beyond. Mm, yeah, remember Lovecraft. That? Yeah, Lovecraft story. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a great one. That was really a cool movie. Yeah. Hellraiser. I loved Hellraiser. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, uh, so many. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Frankenstein, that's uh, always, since I was a kid, I still love it. And when I mentioned I saw a bear in, uh, in the Catskills, I was there actually carving stone, and I was carving Frankenstein's monster in, a, mm. in stone in the Catskills. Wow. It's still up there. It's not finished. So yeah. someday I'll get back up there and finish it. Yeah, hopefully. I I, I saw I I I bought a, uh, a Blu-ray of uh, Vampire from I think it's 1932. Mm-hmm. It's this weird expressionist German vampire movie. Yeah, I've I've not seen, you know, I know I've obviously oh. seen Nosferatu, but I've not seen Yeah, uh, it is so good. Yeah, it looks like a silent movie, but yeah. it's not. And it is I mean, it was stunning. Um there 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 are a couple of shots in there that just blew me away. I couldn't believe I had never seen that movie before. Yeah. And I just saw it last month when yeah. I got the Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah. that that's a that's a hell of a movie. It's weird to me that a lot of stuff from that era, like Nosferatu, and then you mentioned Frank and stuff, uh, the looks of the, those things totally still hold up. Yeah. With some things like maybe that's 50 years later, you know, it's still kind of old to us now. Uh, you know, you could tell his age and doesn't look as well. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there was such a, well, I, I think, uh, you know, the, just the, the, you know, especially the, the, the kind of expressionist photography of those old movies is, is, you know, so powerful, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's just a series of such powerful images, you know, yeah. that, that, that they, they still resonate with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think uh, James Whale gets enough credit when people talk about like their favorite horror directors, the best horror directors. That yeah. name doesn't come up too often, but for yeah. me, it should be, you know, way at the top of the list. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Invisible Man is another one I love. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, those are uh, great movies. You have you had great, you have great taste. Uh, I, I approve of well, all, all you. the you. You're very welcome. <laughs> So um, it's going to be cool to see you in Worcester. And it's very cool to have you on the podcast. And uh, this one's going to be saved. This one Excellent. Not lost. I hope I hope we recaptured some of that earlier magic. I, yeah, I feel I like so. we have. I do, too. I think it's been very good. And, uh, I'd like to do it again sometime. All right. All right. We'll see you very soon, Dan. Take care. You as well.